We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Once the clock hits zero, the only place you'll find the union convo continuing is right here on The Gambler. There's a lot of talk this season about MVP. Who is the MVP of this team? Daniel Gostag maybe could have been in that conversation, but an MVP candidate and looked like the winner of the award, looked like the guy, the MVP of not only the union, but the league. This is the best goalkeeper in the league as he just won again, but he proved it again tonight in the union's playoff game against FC Cincinnati, and he is the reason why they come away with a one to nothing victory and move on in the Eastern Conference Final. My name is John Jansen. I'm joined by Joe Tanzi. We are live at Subaru Park, and this is the post-game show. Joe, we'll talk about the Leon Flock goal, which, yes, that, that sentence is heard correctly. A Leon Flock goal. Game-winning. Game-winning goal. goal. That's right. But, Joe, it's all about Andre Blake tonight. Uh, yeah, we look, we came in, in the pregame show talking about the DP Fords. Uh, make a play. And Leon Flock makes the play. And then what do you I'm, mean? DP Ford, Leon Flock? Yeah, DP Ford, yeah. exactly. Just, just like we like, – but that's the thing. In, in playoff games like this, you have big moments. And, and we were just talking with, with Dave and Danny before we hopped on air. Big moments in every playoff game that, that are so important in, in swinging the momentum. If Leon Flock – I know we'll get to Andre, but I wanna, I, the goal is, is so, so important – in, in when it occurred, for that goal to happen when it did was just absolutely massive for the Union. Because if, if this game goes on, and look, Andre Blake can make as many saves as you want, but if you're not finishing your chances, like if those two Corey Burke chances at the end are at 0-0, zero, zero, I, I, I mean, we're, we're, we're still listening to Dave. <laughs> but it's taking advantage of that opportunity. And as, as huge as the Blake saves were, that moment, an unexpected moment from Leon Flock, so, so huge because it kind of eased the ner- We were getting to that time in the game where we're, the nerves were starting to creep in. Cincinnati was looking okay. Santos is preparing on the bench. You saw what he did last week. To get to that point and then have Andre Blake preserve it. The Stones, I think it was Acosta, to try that Olympico off a corner kick. I mean, that, that, key, that catches a lot of goalkeepers off guard. And then the, play, the, the last play he makes on, on Vasquez, that's a mistake that Elliott makes. And then Blake is able to make the save. Blake was massive when he needed to be. And in that one moment... One moment in attack, an unexpected hero arises. And look, <laughs> look not the expected hero. Let's look at the, these, these playoff games that have happened here. Playoff wins. 
Red Bull's extra time was, I believe it was Fafa Pico, if my memory serves me right. The Nashville game with Jacob, or sorry, Red Bull game with Jacob Glesnes, and then Nashville with Andre Blake. It's been defensive guys that have stepped up and made the huge play. Now, look, Ua and Carranza were very important in the buildup to that play, but to finish it off, um, I think we're still a little flabbergasted that Leon Flock, of all people, scores the game-winning goal. We expect big saves out of Andre Blake. We, we expect it. You don't want him to make four big saves like that. But it's going to happen, but, though. But he it's made going him. to happen, and he made it. And that's the difference between the Union moving on to the Eastern Conference Final and maybe playing extra time, maybe going to PKs, and, and Cincinnati sneaking back into the game. The top players on this team stepped up in, in crucial moments. And I know we'll, we'll get more into the, the goal breakdown with Kevin, but that goal came at the perfect time. It was the perfect adjustment. Well, I wasn't the ideal score, obviously. But the, hey, it looked like it. But the oh, man, where's that? Where's that been? <laughs> but I think that was a playoff moment. There were about ten to fifteen minutes worth of moments in the final ten to fifteen minutes of this game. Defensively, were perfect at the end. Corey Burke, we talked about him in the pregame, the confidence level in him, how good he's gotten towards the end of the season, and he provided yet more of a spark coming with a turnover just off of hustle. By the way, that's you, what you want out you of a player like him. Can you imagine if not not the first one where it, it's right by that left post, but the second one where he makes that tremendous effort, takes the ball away, and almost curls it in? If that went in, that would have been an all-time this, moment. This place would have, I, I think, the top of the river end would have just jumped off the bolts and, and flew into and the And we're going to get to Kevin here, but I know Kevin says this a lot, but that is a Philadelphia identity that yeah. the Union take on, and it felt like that. Philadelphia loves defense, toughness. That's exactly what was displayed for 20 minutes there for mm-hmm. the Union. And what a sight that was, and a one nothing win. They are moving on in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Joining us right now on the Dr. Glatt Reed Gray Hairline, Dr. Paul Glatt, Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. Visit drglatt.com. It is Kevin Kincaid of Crossing Broad. You can follow him at Kevin underscore Kincaid. Joining us right now on the Philadelphia Union postgame show. Kevin, did you have Leon Flock as the goal scorer and game winning goal scorer for tonight's game? Oh, hell no. Hell no. What were the odds <laughs> on that? Was he even on the board? <laughs> he might not have been. Was I have he no even idea. on the board? He, he, he probably had, like one of those guys. He probably, had, he probably had deeper odds than Glesnus and Elliott. Yeah, but I think he's one of those dudes that, honest to God, I think they probably just leave him off the board entirely because it's, it's not even if you get down to like the... Uh, I know, you've mentioned his like, lack of offense for a while now. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. Like, Leon probably, if they were lining up for penalties, Leon probably would have went after Andre Blake. You know, he would have been, like, the 11th guy on there, you know. But uh, but that's yeah, that's funny how the playoffs do. I mean, you had the Glessness banger against Red Bull, um, you know, the last year, right? And uh, it's just those, those playoff moments, man, you never know what's going to happen. You know, I think I got up off my couch and I made, like, a... I don't even know what, what kind of sound it was. It was kind of like a yelp or a squeal or something like that. But I was just, uh, yeah, the whole sequence was just uh, was fantastic and good for him, man, because he worked his butt off, you know, throughout the entirety of the game. I think uh, the very final sequence before the whistle blew was Leon Flock uh, sliding to block a shot. So a little little poetry there for you. 
So what happened on that goal with Leon Flock? Obviously, I saw you tweet about this, but Daniel Gazdag worked very hard to get make that happen. What led up to, obviously, the great goal from Flock? Yeah, it really just goes back to, I would actually start it, if you want to rewind it even further, and just give Jack McGlynn credit for getting involved on that side. You know, I mean, we've talked a lot in the past about, you know, with Alejandro Padilla out, you know, he goes over and has to play on the right as a left-footed guy, and it's a little weird for him because he doesn't necessarily find the game as easily as he does when he comes in as a sub for Leon Flock, and he's playing, you know, 30 minutes on the left side of the diamond there. So he got himself more involved in the second half and he said give me the ball i want to be involved you know ping it back and forth a couple times he had a nice little sequence up there on the right flank with gosh dog i believe before they sprung or maybe it was with some i forget who the second player was but they they opened it up bang 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 a couple passes and then played it into the channel and you know, that ball comes across and yeah i give gosh dog a lot of credit there because he could have fallen down he could have gone down he could have looked for a penalty but he kind of shielded it turned his back tried to stay in front of the ball it popped loose. Uh, Michael Lua got there first and just lays it off. Um, little light pass across the across the grain there for uh, for Leon Flock. Just lash it in with his, with his left for the first time. But I think that started on them just kind of calming down a little bit. Uh, you know, let me get into the game. Let me find the game. You know, if the game is not coming to you, go find the game. I think Jack McGlynn did that to kind of help start that sequence. And hey, let's get up the right side here. Let's go ping, ping, ping and uh, work it up the flank. And that's that's kind of the genesis of that goal. So I give him a lot of credit for it, too. When the ball gets gets into the box, when guys like you said is is shielding it, and Ua makes that that crucial play, I guess goes back and then goes forward. I mean, yeah. is there is there a more like Philadelphia gritty type effort to even to get to that point? I mean, that's like that that's exactly what they this game was kind of going towards. It wasn't going towards a a Glesnes Galazzo like the the last first round game here. It felt like it was more of a uh, something like that was going to win the game. What, what were you kind of feeling? I guess it started second half, and did did you think at any point they they weren't going to score? No, you know what it is. You know what makes the goal great, Joe, is that it, it had a little bit of everything. It had a little bit of finesse and, and technique up the right flank. It had a guy finding the game and getting involved when he wasn't involved, and then it just ended with a with a good old fashioned bit of Philadelphia grit and hustle. You know, to, to, to make it work. I believe in ice hockey, they call those greasy goals, you know, where you just, it's like the goal that Noah Cates scored the other night, where it's just like, hey, I'm going to make it happen. I'm in a position here. I'm not going to give up on it and, uh, you know, see what happens. And that, that's kind of, you know, when you got two teams that are evenly matched like this and you're, you're playing kind of a tight, frenetic thing and the refs, refs is kind of all over the place. And, you know, that, that can make the difference. And it's just one little extra bit of effort and grit and hustle and blue collar mentality and pick whatever other cliche I did not mention in that sentence and then throw it onto the blender. And that, that's, that's what it was there. And give credit to, to Ua as well, because he could have, you know, kind of sold it or, or flopped or dove or tried to embellish there, but he just kind of played it calmly and just sort of slid the ball across. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's funny that Leon gets on the end of it, but yeah, I mean, it had a lot of, um, a lot of little pieces there. Funny that the guy who's the hardest worker and the biggest hustler on the team benefited from other people doing that. You know, it's kind of ironic because normally he's doing the blue blue collar dirty work, but uh, this time he gets the end product part of it. You know, uh, Andre Blake was was fantastic tonight. There's no doubt about that. But do you think, uh, especially that, that last that last save he makes, you think it's got to be a little more cleaner in the back line so that. Uh, some of those saves maybe don't happen or, or are easier because I think that's a, a, a rare slip-up error from 
from Jack Elliott that you, led to that last. You talk about the Elliott, yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. funny, Joe, because he the, the first big save that Andre had too. I would even credit that as a bailout goal as well. So I think twice he bailed out his teammates, Jack Elliott, with the rare whiff, which never happens. I mean, one in a million times. I mean, he, Jack Elliott for 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 that to happen is is crazy to even see, you know. But it's at the end of the game, you're tired, it's, it's frenetic, you know. But on the first one, I would actually put a lot of blame on Julio Carranza, uh, actually, because if you go if you rewind that sequence. There's a second ball that came back through into the box and it kind of squirted free to him. He could have just pounded that on goal with his left foot, um, but he looked like he wasn't expecting it. He wasn't ready for it. And he tried to take a touch and he just completely whipped. And since he had numbers going the other way, the play developed a little bit, right? But they had kind of an opening to get back in transition there after the Union pushed a bunch of numbers forward and then curler to the top right um, and Blake just getting a big strong hand on it. I would I would put that down technically as bailing out a teammate as well. So two of his big saves. I guess he had four. I guess maybe it's arbitrary, but I'd say he had four big saves. Probably, I think half of them were bailing teammates out. But dude, if there was any question about goalkeeper of the year, which there should not have been, I, I believe he answered all of those tonight. I, I, you can go back to Nashville last year, I guess. Uh, but I mean, to me, this is probably the best um, playoff game that Andre Blake has ever played. Take me through because you're you're more of a you actually play the game. I, I don't. I just I just watch it and analyze it. Um, that save that he makes on the Olympico attempt uh, on the corner kick, just how technically hard, A, is it for, I believe it was Costa, to put that on yeah. there so perfectly, but B, for him to, to kind of, he's kind of almost doing the, the matrix bend backwards to, to tip that away. Like, how, how, how technically difficult is something like that on both ends? I mean, it's really, really hard because when you take your first step, it's easy to take your first step forward, but then when you have to take your next steps backwards, it's it's infinitely harder. You know, it's like, um, you know, if you're like a baseball outfielder and you take like three steps forward and then you're like, oh crap, and you got to go backtrack, right? That's 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 one thing because, um, you know, you, it's easier to make those motions going forward than going backward for sure. I mean, that sounds like the simplest thing ever, of course. But all of a sudden, you see the ball curling. You have to stop, plant, pivot, kind of bend, and then get a hand up on it. And you also have to push it up out of danger too. You know, so it's it's normally when a goalkeeper comes and punches or comes and claims, you're just your momentum's going forward. You're just going up with a strong hand or two, right? That you got to pause. You know, <laughs> put a foot and stick a foot in the ground and say, okay, now I got to reach back and bend. So just the athleticism that it takes to 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 do that is is crazy, you know, because you're anticipating that ball's going to fall, you know, somewhere around the six or just outside of it. But then it's when you're saying, oh, it's just going over my head, I can, I'm reading the flight of it differently. Hey, man, I got to, like, bend and, and, and pull a Gumby routine here and, you know, get my hand up there. But Andre makes makes it look so easy, you know. I mean, it's, it's it's you know, you don't – I think sometimes you take it for granted earlier in the year because the defense is so good. But then when <laughs> there's little cracks that start to show up, I mean – and you know Andre's behind you. That's, you couldn't ask for a better backstopper. Yeah, one thing you used to sell the union, I think, to to fans getting into the Philadelphia Union and MLS, you used the Philadelphia identity, and it seemed like they just took on that toughness, blue collar attitude in the last ten to fifteen minutes. What did you see defensively there? Because there were some errors, but I feel like in that last ten to fifteen minutes, when Cincinnati was all over them, they were just making all the right moves. Uh, wh- why were they able to do so, and what were they doing to really stop Cincinnati from putting one on the board and tying this game up? 
commitment, John Jansen, just getting bodies back, putting bodies in front of players, blocking shots. You know, there was a ball that fell for Lucho Acosta. Olivier Ambizo just very calmly puts his arms behind his back, which I kind of hate, but that's a quick A-side. Um, and he doesn't, like, panic, you know? He just lets the play come to him, gets the deflection, and the ball squirts back out. You know, they just it – it was a commitment to team defending and understanding – the urgency of the situation. We only have one nothing. We, we can't concede here. You know, everybody's on on hand. Everybody's on deck. You know, everybody's up. Um, even defending forward as well. You know, Corey Burke counterpressing like a madman, buying them some extra time, giving them some breathing room, winning a couple balls on in the other side of the field. Um, total team effort. You know, and it was it was. I give them a lot of credit for this win because it was not perfect. You come into a game like this where you're the number one seed, you got a lot of pressure on you, the expectations are high. Since he played well against you, you did not beat this team during the regular season. They're playing with house money. They're loose. you know. So all the pressure was on you, and they got through a frenetic first 45, and then they kind of calmed it down a bit, got the goal. The game got frenetic again, and then they did what they had to do to win. So, um, uh, you know, coming off the bye, you know, and being a little rusty, not having your captain there, but the expectations on your shoulders. I, I can't say enough good good things about this team after that performance. It's not the greatest performance that they've ever had, but one nothing is a Jim Curtin scoreline, and he will take that any day of the week. Philadelphia Union advanced to the Eastern Conference Final. They will play either CF Montreal or New York City FC. That game gets played on Sunday. Kev, which team would you rather play? Do you, would you rather play... A Montreal team that you kind of know what to expect, or NYC with the angle. A from, little revenge on the mind. The angle from last yeah. year that the script writers would love it, but they're the more dangerous attack. Um, who, who would you rather see if, if you're the Philadelphia Union? I want absolutely no part of Montreal. Uh, no part of Montreal at all. Yes, uh, they're playing some of the best soccer in MLS right now. Um, Wilfred Nancy, one of the best coaches of the of the year for sure, kind of fly under the radar a little bit because they're not a sexy LA big name national TV. They've got the language kind of because uh, it's on barriers, not the right word, but they have branded themselves in a Quebecois kind of way, right? They don't they don't like kind of they're kind of like a sidebar MLS team where people kind of forget about them but they're really damn good um, New York City is the better matchup you got them at home the revenge angle all that stuff but I, I would want New York City a million times out of a million um, you know I guess that's scheduled for the, the 30th right Joe so they would mm-hmm. that's either a 3 3 p.m. or an 8 p.m. time slot so you could have a situation here where you're going from Eagles Steelers into Union um, with the chance to, to go to MLS Cup, you know. But I want New, New York City. I, I, I want absolutely nothing to do with Montreal. Cincy and Montreal to the final would be a harder path than them, in my opinion, than them having to go Red Bull, Nashville, New York last year. Um, I think that Cincy and Montreal are infinitely better than those teams that they played last year. Do you think it's just because of now? Look, uh, full disclosure: I, I Wilfred Nancy was my Coach of the Year vote. He's done a fantastic <laughs> job and. Mihailovic is, is playing out of his mind. That, uh, Kone, uh, he's going to get sold for multiple million dollars at some point soon. I, is it just because that they're playing at such a high level and that they're, um, they've got look, two poachers in Kyoto and Kamara? It, it, mm-hmm. just everything's kind of coming together for Montreal. You think it's kind of, you know what NYC is going to bring. You, you've seen the talent. You've beaten them here before. Is that, that kind of yeah. also playing into it? 
Yeah, I, there's familiarity there for sure. I just think they have to run a form that Mont- Montreal's playing really well down the stretch, you know, um, winning comfortably, not conceding a lot of goals. Um, NYC, you know, I mean, they beat a Miami team on a baseball field in a rainstorm, you know, and it's like, not to discredit anything that they are, but this is not the NYC of Valentin Cassianos last year, you know, Um I just think they're the better match. I, I just think they're the better the matchup. You know, I mean, there's a reason that Montreal was the, the two seed. You know, and I think people forget that up until the final day of the season, Montreal had a chance to win the East. You know, they were cruising against Miami. The Union were up one nothing against Toronto, and there was a little bit of uh, okay, we need another goal here to wrap up. You know, first place in the East. So I'm not sleeping on, on Montreal at all. And, and I know a lot of people that I talked to came into the Cincy game and they're like, yeah, this feels a little gross. You know, this feels a little Philadelphia Eagles, Tampa Bay Buccaneers kind of, I'm feeling a little oh, weird about did. this one. Yeah, it really did. And I think Montreal would probably be the same way. However, they just answered a lot of questions today. Maybe it calms their nerves going into that kind of game. So I don't think you get the, the you know, it's not like, you know, since he coming off a win against Red Bull and then the union have been sitting there for a week and a half, you know, but, uh, New York's a better matchup for them for, for sure. Take them off the baseball field in New York, make a play on a real field. Um, I would, I would, I would want NYC. Absolutely. Well, either way, Union do have another game. And, Kevin, that means we get to talk to you at least one more time. Oh, Hopefully you're not too beautiful. busy for us. Hopefully. But, uh, Kevin, no, of course, man, love it. Uh, at Kevin underscore Kincaid of Crossing Broad. Uh, Kevin, thank you for joining us. It's, it's a pleasure. That's what I was going to say. It's been a pleasure. I'm happy to extend this. Um, it only If we extend it, it only means they're going closer and closer to, uh, to MLS Cup. So it's a good thing. Yeah, that sounds very good. Uh, that is Kevin All Kincaid. Right. Again, follow him at Kevin underscore Kincaid, and you can check out his work, Crossing Broad. Uh, but, Joe, I know Danny mentioned it a few times on the broadcast, but this seemed like because we know the number one seed, these games, there's a lot of time off. This is the tricky one. And it's not only that, the circumstance, but the team you're playing too has given them so much trouble. This was a really tricky game. Maybe not the best team they're going to play, but a tricky situation, and now the Union are out of it. I think that's a there's a lot of credit there, and it may be one of their toughest tests, at least getting into the MLS Cup, but one of the tougher tests so far and they passed it. They did. Now, see, I'm, I'm a little more conflicted than, than Kevin is when it term to, comes to the matchup because, <laughs> like, I, Montreal is... And maybe I'm underselling Montreal a little bit in my head, but at least with the Ford, the Ford matchup, I think the Union... Are, I mean, remember that when they played... Forgive me, I can't remember the date. It was Kai Kamara basically just like, stole a point with a second-half goal. It was a really quick move, but I don't know. In terms of at least a forward center-back matchup, Kyoto or Kamara against Glezis and Elliott, I, I'd, I'd be comfortable with that. I get, you know, make NYC come on the road. If, if, if it is NYC, this place is going to be extra charged because of what happened last year. It and, has and, to and, be. and it's not to NYC's fault at all. It's just you know a really unfortunate circumstance that that happened before the Eastern Conference Final, um, but tonight it's it's a kind of a grit gritted out type win because they weren't perfect, and I don't think anybody will say they were because I mean we were watching from up up here in the booth and there were pockets of space there were there were turnovers 
uncharacteristic turnovers from from Martinez. And a lot of nerves and a lot of rust. Certainly, I think that. a combination of that also, like Cincinnati was yeah. was putting them under pressure. Now, look, if you're if you're taking it from the Cincinnati side, and you've had all that that time to start the first half in front of the box, and then in the second half, you wish that the chances could have been better or or more abundant because there were there were some times there were some stretches where the Union. Got got nervy, and that was that was Martinez. It's a little bit of Fluck, a little bit of McGlynn, and the center backs weren't a hundred percent clean tonight. I mean, there there are certain situations in in other playoff games where if that Jack Elliott mistake happens, the visiting team not only comes in and, and equalizes the game, but then potentially wins it in regulation late, or wins it next time with all the moment, momentum. And so it's a credit to Andre Blake that he did cover up those mistakes. So regardless of who the opponent is, it's got to be cleaner. It's got to be sharper. I'd like to see a, a, a little more sharpness from the attack as well. Because if you remember the first half, there were certain moves. Okay, the, the headed chance Gosdeg had, I think we were, we were in discussion here in the booth of whether maybe he should have laid it for It looked like Carranza had Carranza Because he was right behind him. Maybe that's a, you know... And you look at the replay and Maybe, maybe. The the one play where McGlynn's open and, and Flock plays it too slow and doesn't one-time it. And, like, a lot of the attempts were were soft at Roman Salentano in the first half. I, I left the first half thinking it wasn't good enough. Looked and like they were trying to do too much, too. Did it little, seem that a, way? A little bit, but also the, the sharpness just wasn't completely there. And, look, I'm not saying the sharpness was there the entire night. But when you look at at the goal, McGlynn was was struggling to find his own in the game. And he, he finally makes the effort, instead of maybe playing the ball across or playing the ball to the side and, and building up that way, he takes his own space. Now, this is exactly what we were talking about in, in the build-up to this game. That's a run Alejandro Padilla makes from the right side of, of that formation. He cuts in. It's between the, the edge of the box and, and the end line. And he cuts into those spaces and is able to create a move just like that. So McGlynn made himself feel un- uncomfortable, went for it, and it results in look some, some grit work from Gazdag and Ua to be able to set up Leon Flock, who, look, there's a reason why he was unmarked. But I, I think that's something where... You and I, I think I, I've beaten this topic to a pulp on how this attack runs, but it showed. The, those runs, Bedoya makes on a regular basis. He, he's cutting in to either combine one-two with Baizo and then send a cross in, or to combine with Gazdag, with Ua, you know, somebody, and maybe play that ball to the top of the box and, and put a shot on target, and the, de- the, and the defense is stretched out. McGlynn made that exact run that Bedoya typically makes, and you see what happened. It was He had to be more aggressive in the second half. Now, that was probably the only time where it was, it was consistent. But all you need is one time, one moment for something like that, like that to happen. So I think credit goes first and foremost to Jack McGlynn for finding the space, then to Gazdag and Ua for, for keeping that move going instead of, you know, there are plenty of strikers in this league that will just 
rant and rave to the the referee about that, and then I mean the composure Flock had is is just simply remar- remarkable. So um, it, it really takes one instance in a, in a play like in a, in a, I mean look we've I gave the examples already. We've seen it here in previous years in playoff games that that one instance really does make the difference, and it it doesn't matter who scores the goal in that point. Like, if it's the first half and and Flock takes that chance and, and misses it, we're all here, you know, criticizing, like, why is not why is Carranza not there? Why is Ua not there? But in that time and place, doesn't matter who scores. As long as the goal finds the back as of the As long as net. you get that one. Because it, <laughs> I've, I've, look, I've been through not, not just Union games, but other MLS playoff games where that chance gets missed and boy, does it become super, super nervy from the 65th minute on because that's when the margin for error gets really tight. So it's, it's a huge credit to Jack McGlynn and then to everyone else for, for keeping that ball alive. Wasn't the smoothest move, but it got the job done. Nothing smooth in the playoffs, and we are seeing that. And especially, again, it's the first game in the playoffs for them, and it's a long layoff. You know, Not as long as it used to be or what it was previously for the mm-hmm. Union, but still a long layoff. That was a hurdle for them. But, Joe, what I'm hearing in that, too, is you know, they, the, the sights are set not just to get to the Eastern Conference Final again. It's to win it this time. It's to get to the MLS Cup. The it's to, do win, some, to win it's MLS to get Cup, there. yeah. And it seems like to do it, they're going to need a healthy Alejandro Bedoya. Because, yes, they can get by in a game like this. And McGlynn played. It's not mm-hmm. to say McGlynn is not playing well. Because yeah. you just mentioned he was able to make an impact on that play there. And in, in this game, in a way... But Bedoya does so much for them that I think is sorely needed, and especially in a game against Montreal or NYCFC that's going to be very tough. Bedoya makes that run five to ten times per game. That, that's the difference between what you had. Look, the job got done tonight. That's all that matters. But when now you're looking for... And it kind of felt like that, that was going to be the game tonight, that it just needed yeah. to get done, the number one seed curse, mm-hmm. the rust, everything, just get it done, just move get, on. Just get to the conference yep. final and, and and build up to that. You also have the extra, what, three days of, of rest on top of whoever advances. Now you really hope for 120 in that Montreal NYC game. That, that's what you really want. But I think also from a defensive side, because we talked about the little, the little mistakes from Martinez and Bedoya, I'm sorry, and, and McGlynn and Flock in those spots. That's also an instance where if Bedoya's in there, maybe it's a little calmer. And how the, 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 the opposing team approaches that gets different because of, of his impact and how, how solid he is. And maybe instead of Martinez letting a ball go and a chance developing into the box or a, a corner kick happening. Bedoya is there to, to clean up the action, something along those lines. So I think, yeah, you're right. It, look, <laughs> I think it's obvious Bedoya being on the field makes this team better because then it, it's a trickle-down effect because then, now, Leon Flock's worked his tail off, but then you can really start playing matchups if you need to with McGlynn. Like, look at the, the subs tonight. It was Corey Burke for Ua, and then Matt Real got brought on at the end. As he also that, played really well too. We didn't mention yeah. him yet. I thought he, he played, he played well coming. He in. He was yeah. he was great against Toronto, when shutting down Bernardeski. That's not a, not an easy assignment. He came on, did his job late in the game. It's exactly what it's the experience that Jim Curtin relies on. He, and he trusts Matt Real, and also playing out of position too. 
he's playing on the right. He was playing on the right side, where McGlynn usually is, and, and Real's a left-sided player. So that that has to be noted. You're right. It's good on Matt Real for coming in. And, yeah, I thought, and, he, and doing, I thought and he played very well, doing the job. But it, it's you know now if Bedoya hopefully in these ten days he gets healthy because then you can go McGlynn off the bench. You can the depth becomes a little deeper, and it may be something you need in one of these games. Because, look, I know NYC is maybe the preferred matchup, but it's still going to be tough, regardless of who it I is. I get it, Joe. I get it. <laughs> but they're all going to be tough. Give me the matchup. Give me that. No. I, I, you know, I, I know that you know, Montreal, you know, maybe the Union can match up better against them. Mm-hmm. You don't want to – you know, really, NYCFC came on really late, and it's like they have the momentum, they're hot. But, man – that would be so sweet to finally get to where the unit have wanted been all along mm-hmm. and do it against a team that prevented them from it and revenge on the fact that the union weren't full strength. You're not, now, you're, I know, look, you're not the I only know that's person. all in the past. You are not. But Joe, that has to be. In, I, I don't know, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's in the mind of union players, but I'm sure they would be absolutely down to get another chance to do that against look, NYCFC. Look, they're, they're, they're human. They're human. And the guys that were here last year, absolutely. And, and look, there are plenty of fans... I've seen in, in the mentions on Twitter and, and talking in person <laughs> sure. yeah, that sure. like have the exact <laughs> thought as you do. It'd be poetic if NYCFC comes in here on the 30th and the union beat them to get to MLS Cup. Absolutely. I look, uh, when it comes to like breaking down Montreal and NYC, that's going to be a very tight game. So it's, a, it's not like you're facing like a, a super weak opponent or um, it, there's not a huge gap it's in the Eastern Conference for, Final for a reason. Exactly. I mean, look, Cincinnati absolutely deserved to be here tonight. Maybe, again, maybe it's just... Which is me- all credit to, to Cincinnati. And Pat Noonan. Pat yeah, Noonan has Pat done Noonan. a fantastic yep. job at Cincinnati. Again, maybe it's just me underselling how difficult Montreal could be, but I see multi-million dollar talent on NYC side. <laughs> I see MLS lifers on Montreal's side that you can shut down. Again, we'll find out in a few days. Maybe that's just... My preference, and, and I'm in the minority, and, and I'm okay with that. Yes, we'll find out the opponent in a few days. We will also find time for the game soon, but it will be Sunday, October 30th. But we don't know 3 o'clock, 8 o'clock are the two times potentially for the Union. We won't know that till a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. But the good thing is, Joe, either way, you're getting it right here on The Gambler, and you'll get us again for pregame show, postgame as well. But there is more Philadelphia Union soccer on the way That is it for us tonight, though. Thanks to everyone involved on the program. Jordan Strauss for producing. Dave Leno, Danny Higginbottom with a great call. Kevin Kikade for joining us during postgame as well. And Joe, pre and post, good job, my friend. I'd say we did a pretty good job tonight. We did all right. Also, big shout-out to Kyle Nunnemaker as well on the board, getting us on the air. Appreciate it as always. That is it for us tonight. Stay tuned for more on The Gambler coming up next year on The Gambler, presented by Cure Auto Insurance. 